feel like I haven't seen your face since last year. Because you haven't, Foo. <laughs> That's true. I mean, this is the first time we've sat down in the studio together for this year. The break has been nice, but I missed your face. I missed your face too, love. And, you know, we're back with our first film of 2020. Woo. I, it's like we're already here. Yeah, I don't know when that happened, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess this is our first survivalist creature feature film of the year. Were you scared? Uh, sort of? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil my thoughts right at the top here. Okay, well, I was a little scared because there was a lot of, like, tight spots, a few jump scares, and that just, like, overwhelming feeling of feeling trapped. The claustrophobia. Uh, yeah. Uh, luckily, I had wine. Well... I had a peach bellini. Didn't really fit with the theme of the film, but it was delicious. Yeah, that definitely doesn't match. <laughs> but we are about to decompress our next film. See what I did there? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's too early in the year for this. So we're going to be heading to the bottom of Mariana's Trench in Underwater. She's Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. Throw out the ballast because you're listening to Whiskey and Popcorn. Underwater falls under the umbrella of a sci-fi horror. A mining company has built a massive drill called the Keplar in the deepest trench of the world, which for all of you that don't know is Mariana's Trench. The film opens with a slew of schematics, maps, some newspaper clippings, all dropping hints of this massive size of this drill, the location of it, as well as this unexplained disturbance down there? Yeah, I guess that's the best way you could describe it. And surprise, surprise, all these disturbances are what will be the downfall of the Kepler, as you'll hear in this clip from the trailer. On a scale from 1 to 10, how bad's my rig? 10. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How would we even get there? We walk up. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! And indeed, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so this film stars Kristen Stewart as Nora. She's a mechanical engineer with a tortured past. Vincent Castle as the captain of this drilling rig. Jessica Henwick is a research assistant uh, named Emily. And then also John Gallagher Jr. and T.J. Miller are also a part of the crew that survives. And mind you, this rig has some 300 people on it. And it boils down to just this handful of survivors. So it's a pretty dramatic situation. It's a pretty dramatic first, like, 10 or 15 minutes, really. It really is. And we'll dig into that more. But I want to point out, this film is actually directed by William Eubank. He also directed a film called The Signal that was in 2014, and also another film called Love that was in 2011. But his background is mostly in cinematography. He has some 14 credits to his name in that area. And really, he's only directed three films 
that are out now that includes underwater. But I think it's really telling how this film kind of plays out uh, that he is not a veteran director. The cinematography, which we can dive into, you could tell that he is a guy who has an eye for framing and the images and all that stuff. You know, I can't say I know much about Eubank, but I had no problem with the cinematography in this film. Actually, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I don't watch a lot of horror, like, ever. This is about my level of horror that I could go to, this sci-fi horror. But when it comes to cinematography and horror films, you get to do some really interesting artistic choices. And a lot of it are these super tights blowing out to super wide shots and stuff. So there's a chance to play with not only how you're framing each shot, but how that shot moves the story forward. Now, I also want to take a moment to point out the film writers. I normally don't talk about them in my reviews unless it's really notable, but I feel like I have to this time because there's something huge in this film that really bothers me. So the writers are Brian Duffield and Adam Kozad. They are both dudes, as you can tell, and that's not unsurprising. We've talked before on the podcast how there's really a need for more women behind the camera as well as in front. This is not to necessarily call them out as bad writers. I mean, between them, they did the 2016 uh, Legend of Tarzan as well as Insurgent in 2015. Both of those films are like heavy action movies uh, with lots of jazzing up with CGI. They're also what I... I'm going to call body porn movies. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of very sculpted, beautiful bodies, minimal clothes, and underwater fits that style to a T. Oh, Perha- yeah. Perhaps even more so. Right off the bat, we see Kristen Stewart in just sweatpants and a sports bra brushing her teeth, and she's also barefoot. Then she proceeds to go on this harrowing survivor journey across the seafloor, practically naked. Yeah, the first intro scenes are basically the most that she wears the entire time. So that can give you a little sneak peek of the uh, (laughs) film. Well, I mean, before the annihilation, can we talk about things that we liked about the film? I mean, did you like the cinematography like I did? I wasn't really noticing it as much because I was paying too close attention to all these action scenes and the heavy CGI, and I was like paying attention to like how they built the rig and what it looked like so the what the sets um, came together because I was trying to find ways to suspend my disbelief in the film thinking back on it now it wasn't bad cinematography but for me it wasn't particularly notable either okay all right and despite the reviews that we will do on this film I don't really want to discredit Kristen's acting Right. I think. All right. So I'm going to rehash kind of what we did with Charlie's Angels and say I was never a Kristen Stewart fan, but she turned me into a believer in her work. Totally. With Charlie's Angels. In this film, she's kind of reverting back to these more serious roles that she's done. Uh, Nora is a very capable mechanical engineer, but she also has real fear as the rig is starting to implode. She does a good job of, like, just showing her hands shaking and looking anxious. But there's also this backstory that is never really fully developed that we do find out at one point what her issues are. But she's able to kind of carry that baggage with her throughout the film 
the fact that we don't really get to find out much about it is not so much on her as it is the writers and the directing choices. Right. She definitely goes back to that dark, mysterious, brooding character that I feel like she's most comfortable with. But in the long run, I have also... I also want to credit her for growing as much as she has as an actor. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was trying to dig up some research on this because I heard whispers from other fellow critics and people who follow films that this this film was had some production woes, that it was done years ago and is just now being released. So I'm wondering if this was done before she shot Charlie's Angels, but it's just now coming out I can't find any fact checking on that I cannot confirm or deny exactly but I mean that would that would explain a lot of things I mean that explain why TJ Miller's in this film which you know we his career is pretty much done after the sexual assault and uh accusations against him I will say his comic release his his comic relief in the film was one of the few things I did enjoy. Yeah, and I will say this, because prior to the accusations, I have always enjoyed him. I particularly enjoyed him in Silicon Valley, that sitcom. He's, like, really funny. He's really good at being, like, a dude's dude. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I should say a West Coast dude's dude, right? He's kind of, like, got the Seth Rogen vibe where he's always got a blunt in his hand or what have you. But watching him now, after the allegations... I was feeling a little conflicted with myself going, should I be laughing at his stupid bro jokes, which are so typical of various individuals who abuse others, whether they be male or female? Let's say it like a frat boy rapist. Exactly. And I was actively in the film going, should I be laughing at this like Mm -hmm. I am? But you needed some comic relief in this film. Otherwise, it would have just been too much. You would have imploded from just the amount of stuff. Completely. They were dumping on you. (laughs) I just, I don't know if I have really anything nice to say. No, actually, I take that back. Take that back right now. Okay. The jump scares were good in this film. And I don't like horror and I don't like scary, but this one had good jump scares. Yeah, they had, you know, there was a few that caught me. Off guard, and for the most part, I was completely correct. Like the tight spaces and the feeling of being trapped was probably the hardest part of the film mm-hmm. to watch. And in that sense, it did feel very real. Yeah. So I can I can credit that. But uh, I mean, first, I, and I even turned to you in the middle of the film, and I was like, nothing is scientifically based in this whatsoever. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, like I'm not. A deep sea diver. I am not certified. I've never gone snorkeling. But I knew that there was stuff that was incredibly incorrect. Just from, you know, being honest, this movie's kind of like trying to steal from Alien and 47 meters down. <laughs> and trying... I was getting a very much um, James Cameron's The Abyss okay. vibe. Okay. Uh, for any of those who want to take a deep cut into James Cameron's work, which. Out of the two, go see The Abyss. It's so much better. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, kind of trying to play off those two, but having no factual basis. And I'm not talking about alien life or anything weird, because clearly we don't know anything about that. But really, like, scientifically based, like, you can't just shoot up in, like, they have survivor pods, which people are shooting up. 
into the surface seven miles like you you can't do that like even 47 meters down taught me you have to go up very slowly depressurize like you have to depressurize and they keep they, they there's a lot of um there's a lot of like capsules which they're in which they try to justify as being like decompressed or you know oxidized it, it, those things just don't happen no it, like there was just no, like, they didn't consult anyone. Maybe anyone who's ever dove before they made this film. I'm like, there were so many issues. Like, they wanted you to suspend your belief right from the get-go. And they didn't earn it. The The film literally starts with Kristen Stewart brushing her teeth in her jammies with no top on. And the water coming in and the sh- the, the deck just imploding. And people dying. Like, no no talk to say how we got here, why the rig's there, unless you're reading really fast all the clippings that are happening on the intro credits. Uh, there, There's no buildup to the whole point of this. Like, I'm assuming the company is called Tian Industries is a Chinese company, but maybe not. Tian mm-hmm. is a Chinese word, but maybe it's supposed to be an American-based company. I don't know. I the the lack of build up to w- how we got here was bothersome to me. Uh-huh. And in turn, then you lack plot and character development because it really just goes right to action. It's not, you know, here's everyone's specific job and this is where everyone sleeps at night and this is how the layout of the drill and all of the housing is. It was just nothing. It was like you said, teeth brushing to utter chaos and case in point both tj miller's character and and john gallagher jr's character like i have no idea what they do on the rig nope their titles their roles are unknown both of them seem apparently able to do i wanted to say spacewalks wrong (laughs) wrong part of the universe (laughs) undersea walks but it's like you have the training for that, at least with the Emily character, the research assistant. We knew that, like, she didn't have any dive training background. Mm-hmm. They say that. Okay. But she knew animals. Okay, cool. So she's clearly something down there. And I'm like, but- a research assistant for what? Like, is she a biologist? I don't know. Is she supposed to be, like, a geologist because it's a drill? Who can say? The only clear roles are Kristen Stewart being a mechanical engineer with some extra knowledge because she's able to apparently do everything that needs to be done and then vincent castle as the captain like that's a clear role in fact he doesn't even get a proper name he's just called captain yeah (laughs) pretty much so that that will give you an idea of what character development was like oh gosh it was just it was so bad i was so angry especially with krista stewart being the lead and like her character goes from where she started and doesn't end up anywhere like Mm -mm. she well Spoiler alert, I'm going to just say it now. She does sacrifice herself in the end. But I get the sense that throughout the whole film, that's just who she is. Yeah, and I also feel like there's a sense that this movie is so terrible, I think everyone's going to cheer at the end. The only character that got a semblance of character development was Emily. She went from being super scared and skittish to actually, like, bucking up and just pushing through saving her man saving her man (laughs) and getting a backbone but almost that felt like an afterthought and that really bothered me i'm like 
I don't care that she had this micro jump of character development because there was nothing to engage me with her character at all. In fact, her character was really irritating to me. And, you know, as a last point, minus the fact that this was clearly all conducted by men, I would like to make it apparent that at no time did Stuart ever need to be without clothes. No. No one else was without clothes. And 98% of the time, Kristen was out without clothes. I personally, not going to complain. But was it necessary? Absolutely not. Not at all. Do you guys remember how much hate there was in Jurassic World where she, the female character had the white suit and the heels running around Jurassic Park? Yep. Ratchet that up at least 20 points yeah. to... I'm running around in my underwear through a disaster zone through broken steel, concrete, and rebarb. and Barefoot. I, barefoot. I have yep. no shoes on. Ah, it made me so angry how pointless. It was clearly, here, oogle her body. And I was mad about that. Yep. Unnecessary. So on that note, <laughs> I need a drink, damn it. Oh, girl. Like... I wanted to go straight to the bar after this film. It was even I, I got home and my roommates were were saying, oh, what did you see underwater? How was it? It was awful. And then I went and made myself a nightcap and went to bed. I mean, that like that's literally what I did. That sounds very similar to what I did. Well, as we all heard at the beginning, I had a peach bellini while watching this film. Wouldn't recommend that, especially when uh, we see people getting pulled apart by underwater alien things. Having a very pulpy drink felt like I was drinking sweetened pureed human. <laughs> so I'm going to recommend something completely different, The Coal Miner's Daughter, because Ooh. we are drilling, we are mining at the bottom of the ocean. So there you go. I like it. And side note, it has lavender in it, so I'm taking it for its calming effects. All it is is bourbon, ginger syrup, lemon juice, honey, with a sprig of lavender. Enjoy while not watching this film. Oh, that does sound wonderful. <laughs> we should definitely make those. All right, for me, to get through this movie, I went straight for a shot. This one uh, pays homage to our underwater creatures. This is called the Alien Brain Hemorrhage. <laughs> it's got a little bit of everything in it. Bailey's Irish Cream, Grenadine, Peach Snops, and Jaeger. Oh, my gosh. And if you layer it just right, it looks exactly like the thing in this movie. <laughs> Gross. It's like layered and it, oh, it's just, you You guys got to look it up. It's oh legit. My God, I want to barf now. Just. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, are you guys feeling the pressure of not knowing which movie to watch in theaters? We got a solution for you. Subscribe to our podcast. We are on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search for Whiskey and Popcorn. And skip the media bends by following us on all major social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you at the next movie.